When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Core. This is Core episode uh, 224. It is Wednesday, June 17th, 2020. I'm Scott Johnson with the one, the only, the John Jagger. Hi, John. Hello. Hey, look, Bo's not here. We may as well just get this out of the way. He had stuff tonight and uh, could not be here, and we kind of rustled around about what we might do, but we decided, decided in the end we just do a little duo, a little twofer here. And uh, we miss him, uh, though, and we, uh, we uh, can't wait to have him back. So he's fine. He's not going anywhere, but we'll be back. He's just uh, got stuff tonight, all right? We all have stuff sometimes. Sometimes you got to do your stuff. That's right. What's with the third degree? Yeah. Why are you grilling us? Yeah, what's that all about? See? See? Anyway, so in his place, for those watching live stream or the YouTube archive, you can see just a blown out picture of Bo where his head glitched once on a video stream. And for some reason, I've decided to capture that and keep that. But now I know the reason. This is Tonight was the reason. Yeah, it was for this moment. <laughs> Finally. I can use this photo of Bo for good reasons. Uh, anyway, welcome everybody. Welcome back. We are now in the uh, the trailing smoke of PlayStation Five stuff. We're going to go over some of that. I did a grand experiment over the last week where I did a four X strat- turn based strategy experiment that spanned no less than one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Seven. I'm very excited to hear about this. I, I can't wait. I did it for this show. That's why I did it. So I'm so excited to talk about it. We're going to get into that in a second. But first. 
All right, John. So as you may be aware, the PlayStation 5 came out. And the reason you're probably aware is because you and I literally did a live stream to go along with the uh, video presentation they did. We did, yeah. but I feel like now we've had time to sit with it. We've had time to to let it gestate a little bit inside yeah. our gut. Uh, yeah. For one of us, we had a chance to watch the video in high definition. <laughs> Maybe changed how we felt about some of what they saw. Oh, did you do that? I'm, that's great to hear, actually. I'm glad you had I, the chance. I did. I There was this whole, like, well, what I saw was good enough kind of view about it. Yeah. And then I went back and watched it, and I was like... I, I watched one trailer. I pulled it up and I thought, wow, this looks really good. <laughs> and I thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, because I was watching it on a delay <laughs> over Skype, yeah. over an uh, um, Internet connection. Um, I mean, everybody's watching it over an Internet sure. connection. But, you know, there was a weird delay. Yeah, there, uh, there was. It was not at full frame rate, we'll say. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe the fact that I had a unoptimized view of that may have colored some of my initial reaction to it because honestly after the fact after looking at it all i think it was a pretty strong showing yeah it was a pretty strong showing indeed i think and in retrospect the more i've thought about it i've come more to that conclusion um it, it was easy to go into that thing and say well, I want a price and I want the release lineup. I like, I want to know exactly what games are going to come out on day one. Like it's easy to want to, to do that. Um, I don't think it's a healthy thing to do though, because in the end, um, what they showed was a ton of really great looking content. We got to see what the console looks like, uh, for good or for bad. For some people really don't like the design. I really like it. I think it's cool. And I think it's daring like and it. weird. I like a daring and weird console design. I'm sick of, little black flat boxes. Those are boring. Like Xbox one last, last uh, generation was boring as hell. And the PlayStation wasn't all that good looking either. It was just kind of a box. And this thing is weird. The series X thing is weird in a different way. Uh, I'm all about weird, man, weird and, and tall and strange and maybe not going to fit exactly right under my thing. Like all of that. Very big. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of the scale lineups of like how just how tall this is compared to other consoles is big. Yeah, I'm looking at let's see. I'm going to pull one of these up. I saw recently. Uh, It's dare I say a meaty console. It's a pretty meaty console. There's a comparison image going around where it's it's controller, the version of the PS5 with the CD drive in it or the, the optical disk drive and then next to it, a cut in image of what Microsoft has shown of the Xbox series X. And then they're, it's all done to scale. So you can see exactly how big they are in relation to each other and where the Xbox series X kind of has width and depth, uh, a little bit of height, but not that high. It turns out <laughs> it's yeah. not quite like a tower PC or whatever. It's a, it's wider and it's, and it's just takes up a bigger footprint. Uh, there's still some question about whether if it lays on its side or not, nobody knows. Cause it's kind of shaped like a fridge. It's more like a extended cube or what would you call that? There's a word for this. It's a rect square, not square rectangle. What am I trying to say? It's no, like square a, rectangle is a different thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a rectangle. It's a, it's a box. Oh, it's square rectangle is a rectangle that doesn't do anything fun on a Saturday night with his friends. That's yeah. a square rectangle. Uh, like, guys, I'm just really busy. <laughs> it's like a tall box. That's that's it's a good way of putting it. The the PS5 though, when you actually compare them on on what we saw in the presentation, you didn't think about it. It just looks like a, a shape, right? 
it's hard to get scale out of that. But when you compare the two, this thing's a good, I don't know, looks like three or four inches taller yeah. than the Series X. It's a beast. It's a freaking beast. And uh, somebody in a interview somewhere I saw earlier today, and I wish I had the link so I could read the exact quote, but it said something to the effect that it was mostly due to um, heat dispersion. Um, in both these cases, they've gone with these unconventional formats because there is a lot of hot air to push around in there. And these are basically like really powerful desktop PCs. And when we do that, we have big towers for that, you know, yep. with huge fans and water cooling systems and all sorts of stuff. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of power we're talking about this time around. So they, they got to get them. They got to get big, man. Got to get swole as the kids say. <laughs> yep. That's what they said. They sat down in a board <laughs> meeting and said, well, we're thinking of making our console swole this uh-huh. generation. Yeah. What was the consensus in that meeting? They were like, you know what? You're uh, right, Bill. They went, yes, we want a thick console. Yeah. Let's get a thick, a thick ass console. Uh, there it is, Chad. Now I'm showing it to you. Um, you can see the, the difference. I mean, that is a big, that's a big box. And the way that I saw them figure out the scale is they figured out what the USB ports are on each one, like the USB-A ports. So they could say, oh, okay, well, if that's that on there, now let's shrink the other one down to it so it matches. Oh, my gosh, that's a giant console. Like, that's kind of how it all started. Uh, anyway, I think it looks cool, and I am sort of sort of 100% behind this weird design. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't I like have a it. problem with it. Uh, if you ask me, what would be cooler is, like, keep the black, but give me, like, hot orange or something like a fiery orange for the for yeah. the secondary color instead of the white. Like, I might be way more into that, but that's just a color thing. The actual design's fine. It's it cool. looked like my car at that point. Oh, would it? Do you have an orange car? I do. What kind of car is it? My past two cars have been orange. Oh. Uh, I have a, right now I have a Mini Cooper. Oh, I like the Shut up! I love Mini Coopers! <laughs> I have no business being in one because I'm too tall for those things, but... Uh, when you see a six foot four guy walk out of a mini Cooper, it's pretty funny, but I always wanted one and I never pulled the freaking trigger because it always felt like I was maybe too weird to do it. <laughs> I love those things. And you, before that I had a, a Volkswagen GTI, all right, that's which I cool, loved very much. That's a cool uh, car. Yeah. Yeah. How can you, great. why'd you trade up just like time to do it or it just, yeah, it was eventually wear and tear on that thing. It was just very expensive to, to maintain it. And, yeah. I couldn't afford it, Got so it. I decided to do a a fee, a monthly fee again. Uh, back to owning uh, own the man. you got to owe the yeah. man. I understand. Sometimes the man needs what's his. Um, anyway, so let's go over a few things. We got some clarification on we believe in console generations, which I took to mean at the time. Well, I kind of took it a couple of ways. The main way I took it was we think these these jumps in generations need to feel big. Like yeah. a massive leap forward. This is not last generation's console plus plus point five. This is like a full blown. Bruh, we're making huge steps here, and I, to a degree, that interpretation is correct. Yeah. Um. But essentially, what they were trying to to convey was that you know the the word on the street is that Microsoft is saying like, hey, you know, we're we're okay if you want to make games that are compatible with the current gen as well as the next gen. And a lot of people take that as, okay, well, you know, if, if a game can run on both, then is the game being held back by having to be compatible with the previous generation of console? 
whereas Sony is drawing a line in the sand and saying, no, new console generation, the games that are made for PS5 or PS5 games, it's for this system. We want you to take advantage of it. We want you to use it. We don't want you limiting yourself. New console generation, focus on it. Yeah. And and really, that's what they're trying to say. Some people are very excited about that because, you know, if you get a new console, you want your stuff to look good. Right. Um, some people, you know, are probably thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get one right away. I don't know how long I'm going to have it. And if there's this hard cutoff and I can't get these games anywhere else, I don't know when I'm going to get to play them otherwise. So I think there's merit to both. But I know when we watched that and anybody who heard us talk about that, we did get a little confused by that, thinking it meant backwards compatibility, which it wasn't really about that. Which they didn't address in this presentation at all, mind you, either. So so we were kind of grasping at, hey, are we going to hear are we going to get word tonight or today about their plans for backwards compatibility, you know, outside of the obvious things? And they didn't really address it. Um, no. And not in, not addressing it and making a statement like we believe in console generations <coughs> has a way of making people go and jump to their conclusion, which is, ah, they're not going to support old games. This is a lousy value, blah, blah, blah. At least Microsoft's going to do the. And in some ways, Microsoft's messaging has been way more forward thinking like in terms of it's funny forward thinking about backwards compatibility um because they they believe and have invested money a lot of money in getting the 360 library in there uh that that's what people want so they're making a real bet there and i think sony i think in a perfect world sony would be happy to say we're pushing the old one behind us and it's time for the new one let's all buy new things i do think that's where their heads are at and has been historically that's just been them for a very long time, when they went from PlayStation 2 to 3, you remember the original 3s. We talked about this last week a little, uh, or maybe during the presentation, but they were they were compatible with PS2 games and PS1 games for about a... <laughs> felt like a week, but it was a little more than that. Yeah, you had to check your, your model number, or it was certain hard drive sizes were compatible and others weren't. Right. Which is a really funny situation to find yourself in where it's like, well, do I have one that can play PS2 games? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's an argument about whether or not there's value in it. Does it really get used? Who really cares? I know for me, there there is a type of game. There's a genre of game that I really love, which is your old classic JRPGs uh, that they just don't make anymore. Um, we're in a world where every game has a lot of voice acting, has a lot of stuff like that. You don't typically see those uh, at that scale, at that quality in that same way anymore. And so if I want to play Chrono Cross or something like that, I still have my disc for that. I don't have a PlayStation anymore, but I still have the disc for it. Right. And you don't see a lot of those getting bumped up. I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake is kind of the one big exception that we saw recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, even that, you know, they've, they've dramatically changed the game, you know. And yeah, they kind of do some up ports. But if you ever dive deep into what gets changed for those ports, sometimes they're hit and miss. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, well, I mean, again, messaging is important. They haven't given us a ton of it. Also, we didn't get price. I think those both companies are holding on to that to the last possible second because uh, in, in some ways this is this this year uh, more than most launch years. It's really important that they feel like they're at the right price point. There was something today where very briefly on a, on a UK or somewhere in the EU, I don't know if it was UK or not, 
Uh, but somewhere in the EU, there was a Amazon EU posting for a pre-order of PlayStation 5. And in there, they had prices that roughly translated to my prediction, which is $399 and $499. Uh, many people have pointed out rightly that that was probably just dummy data and wasn't real anyway. And that's just somebody guessing it when they're putting this stuff in and it wasn't even supposed to ever be leaked or shown. Um, I still see it as, as points in my corner for my possible uh, being correct on what the price point will be. Um, but some have suggested maybe add 100 to each and you might be closer. That's probably closer. Five ninety nine, four ninety nine is my current is my current thinking. Um, yeah. But we don't know. We don't know. And we don't know about them and we don't know about, about Microsoft. But think of it this way. The Series X, if you look at just the specs, are a little higher end than PlayStation 5. Last generation, it was flipped. PlayStation 4 was a little better on the specs than Xbox One. And in that particular case, it behooves Sony as the kind of had a little bit of a harder time the previous generation, even though it kind of equaled out in the end they came out with the less expensive, more powerful hardware. This is maybe a chance for Microsoft to undercut with the money and have it be the less expensive, more powerful hardware. Plus, they have all their cool services stuff on top of this. And they have very deep pockets. Microsoft has endless pockets of money. Sony doesn't have that. Like, Sony has a lot of money, but they don't have the money Microsoft has. So, this could be a boon for them. I don't know. It's purely speculation on my Yeah, it's really hard to say. I mean, Microsoft has that whole standpoint of, you know, like, we don't care where we get you as long as we get you. You know, you can be on a PC, you can be on an Xbox Series X, you could be on... Honestly, I can't remember the name of all the consoles anymore. I Xbox's naming convention confuses me. Mm. Uh, what is the new one called? The Series X. Okay, what was the high end of the previous model called? That was called the Microsoft Xbox <laughs> One X. Wait, One <laughs> X, right? That's it. Yep, I think you got it. Okay, yeah. They're I feel decent about it. It's dumb. It should have always been this whole Series X thing. Here's what it should be. Xbox. It should be Xbox Series One. Or You know what it should be? Xbox One, Xbox Two, Xbox Three, and we would right now be on Xbox Four. That's what should right. it should have always been that. It should have never been anything else. Them going 360 like a full rotation. Freaking shut up, dude. That was a dumb idea. You blew it with that. Your original name was better. And then Xbox One, where they try to reset it, is them not still not understanding the point. Like, what like, were you I doing? Know- Kind of doesn't it, it goes kind of against the principle because you they almost never give a release date when they announce the console name, but couldn't it just be called the Xbox 2020? Yeah, do that. And then if they do a revision, they can call it the Xbox 20, whatever the year is they do that revision. Sure, I mean, like Madden, you're saying, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> I could keep track of that. I'm not <laughs> saying it's a great naming convention, but I'm it's one I understand. I, I would be able to go it's 2020 Xbox. I mean, as boring as it sounds, what Sony did, PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5. It's boring in that it's just a number and the PS and I get it, PlayStation, whatever. But it's so easy to understand. Like, we're mm-hmm. we're on the fifth one. Now, when you start getting crazy, let's say you get to, I don't know when this would happen, what the year would be, but let's say you start getting to the 
the PlayStation 12. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe you start to think about other, other things and maybe then I can't imagine then we're even doing the consoles the same way we're doing them now anyway, but maybe, maybe we will, but yeah, I, I don't know. know. They, I mean, the, there was that whole thing of, they didn't want to be called the Xbox two when the PlayStation was going to be the PlayStation three because their number would seem smaller, but oh. look, Microsoft is not above just skipping a number because they feel like it. They've done it before. <laughs> They could have done it again. Yeah. <laughs> let what? me point you to Windows 9. Yeah, Windows 9 never existed. They, <laughs> they just skipped right over it. Why not do that? Apple did that with the phones. They went from 8 to a 10. There's no 9. I don't know what the problem with 9s is, but no one likes a 9. Uh, but yeah, they could have just skipped it and called it. They could have called it Xbox 3. And we would have gotten used to it. And it would have been fine. Yeah, there would have been jokes. People would have had their jokes. But guess what? People are going to have their jokes no matter what you name it. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, nice uh, 9 of 12 says, kind of funny for Scott to say that as an Apple guy. Dude, Apple's. I have no problem criticizing Apple's bad decisions or weird decisions. None. <laughs> yeah. None, because they're weird. They do weird stuff all the time. I like their products, but they're also kind of stupid sometimes. So, yeah, every company deserves a little criticism. All these companies make bad decisions. If you're not making fun of the company, then you're not paying attention to the company. Right. Like, and it doesn't matter which one, whether it's Microsoft calling the Xbox 360, the 360 being a complete turnaround, like what? Or the PlayStation 3 and it's stupid, like orchestra startup where it's like, hey, we're Sony. This is your PlayStation. I hope you're wearing a suit because you're going to play <laughs> video games. Like, I hate it all so much. Yeah. It's so dumb, but they put cool stuff on it, and I'm willing to look past the dumb stuff because of it. Plenty of dumb things. Uh, for example, we'll talk about some of the games here. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Got everybody excited at the top of that thing. Well, not really the top. They still they showed another GTA port at the top, which was weird. I still think that's really weird. A weird thing to do like, at the top of your thing. Like, yeah. Do that later. It's just weird. Anyway, uh, still a very popular game, obviously, and I may end up getting it there. I don't know, but probably not. Uh, anyway, Miles Morales. Uh, it is... So, okay, everybody assumed when they saw it, oh, this is a game. This is a standalone game. And then, not long after, some Sony exec, I forget his name, said out loud in an interview with somebody that, oh, this is uh, this is expansion content to the original game. So basically what you would be buying is a remastered version of the Spider-Man game from, from two years ago with this additional content in it. And if you already own Spider-Man, you just get this bit for either cheaper or free. Uh, or if you bought the whole thing, you're going to buy the whole thing for 50 bucks and you're getting the Miles Morales part and people lost their minds. They're like, that's terrible. You didn't say that in the video. The video is really misleading. And then right after that, Insomniac comes out with a bunch of tweets and stuff saying, no, 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 no. It's a freaking standalone experience. And some have compared it to like, uh, oh, what's the Nathan Drake sequel that doesn't have him in it? Uncharted oh, Wizards of the uh, Time. Time Wizards. Yep. Time Wizards. That was it. L- How weird that that's what they called that. Two ladies, time two ladies doing, doing stuff. It was called <laughs> ah, Lost Legacy chat room at it. That's Lost it. Legacy is, I think that's more akin to what this is. It's a standalone yes. game. It's maybe instead of 50 hours, it's 20 hours. It's, it may not even be full, you know, a full-blown price. I don't know. But that's been clarified now by both them and Sony. It's all good again. It's a standalone game. Get excited. Miles Morales, he's, he's cool. 
Okay. And I think it's probably the smart decision for that game. Miles does not have the same powers as Peter. Right. So it, it's better to do to give him his own game treatment and do it right across the board and lean into his power set and what he does and what his character is rather than try to make it feel like, you know, he's being thrown in and either they get it wrong where it's like, Oh, it's just the exact same thing as Peter, but now it's, it's miles and he's in a different costume. Like, I think this is the smart way to go because, uh, you know, anybody who's a comic book person, or, I mean, I guess we're in a world where into the spider verse set the world on fire. So more people are familiar with him, but he does not have the same powers as Peter Parker. He's a very, very different character across the board. And so I think giving him his own game is, is the smartest thing they could do. Yeah. Also from a production standpoint or a pipeline standpoint, I know that this helped them because you're still talking about New York you've got all that built out. Like you've got your open world and plug that into some of the newer, like fast load time tech and everything else that they're trying to do with this thing. You've got your playground. Now you just need to build a game inside of it. And whether they feel okay about charging a full price for that, when a lot of that work was already done or not, I don't, I don't think it matters. I think it's going to be rad and I'm excited. And it looked really good. Like legit looked good. The last game looked good, but this looked really good. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. The only other thing I would say about that, and the thing we didn't really get into when we talked about it when it was uh, when we were covering this, was there was a reason they kept showing that dimensional shift mechanic, and it was to it was to say and show, hey, remember how we told you you could on at the flip of a switch move from gigantic complex environments and AI routines, and now you're in a completely different place with a completely different set of everything and you're doing it in no time flat, like here's an example of that. And once I remembered that, it was really impressive. It looked really good. It's a really good uh, depiction of the faster loading and what they can do as a result of it. Right. It's rad. It looked really cool. Uh, And I think I like Ratchet and Clank enough to get excited about it again. How, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you land on Lady Lombaxes? Um. This is like NBA Jam again, right? It's kind of that problem. Like, hey, I know Bugs Bunny, but who's this Babs or whatever her name is, right? Are you uh, talking about Space Jam and Space Lola Jam. Bunny? Yeah, what, what did yeah. I say? Did I say NBA Jam and, and a different... <laughs> there is a Babs Bunny. She's from Tiny Toons. Sorry, Tiny Toons is shit and we all know it. What I meant to say... What? Oh, Tiny no. Toons is terrible. No, terrible. Tiny Toons was fine. It's because you were a little kid then and you don't know. Uh-huh. You just don't know. Did you like Muppet Babies too? Are you one of those people? I liked it at the time. I have not watched it as an adult. It's, I have watched Tiny Toons as an adult. You have? Okay. Yeah. Again, my, my own opinion is both of those things are horrendous and terrible. Especially the most egregious offender here is by far Muppet Babies because they are neither Muppets nor Babies. They are a bad cartoon and nothing to do with Muppets. Muppets are things on people's hands and they're live action. They're not meant to be animated, but also the stories and the stuff they made and the animation quality of that thing is so freaking bad. It's so bad. Scott, I watched you watch He-Man this morning. You don't get to criticize. (laughs) I love He-Man, but I know it's bad. I know it's bad. And you know what? I would watch Muppet Babies or Tiny Toons on that same stream 
and I would have fun with my chat room, but I'm never going to watch it for my own enjoyment. Like, it's just bad, man. I do have a, I have a cartoon bias. I admit it. I'm like super hardcore about the fact that the, uh, the, like Looney Tunes were this amazing thing that sprung out of the thirties and forties and were mind blowingly good then. And they hold up now and there was nothing quite like them. And so any attempt to recapture that doesn't work as well. It can work in pieces and parts and, uh, uh, space jam, I almost said NBA jam again. Space Jam was a good example of kind of getting it okay. It was all right, all right? But none of those people were Mel Blanc. None of those uh, voice actors did quite the job that he could do. Like, there are a lot of problems with it. But it's okay. Uh, These new things on HBO Max that are Looney Tunes, like modern takes of Looney Tunes, are are a kind of a neat attempt to try to capture it, but it's not quite there. I personally believe that Tiny Tunes was... An abomination to man. <laughs> wow. That's too harsh. I hated it so bad. I mean, I'm not anyway. going to pretend it's the, the height of, uh, you know, television or anything like that, but um, I think they were fine. Okay. There's a reason also. I, I think, uh, what's the, what's the, I can't, my brain's not working. Wacko, Jacko, and Leon, or whatever their names are. Uh, the, the, the Animaniacs? Yeah, Animaniacs. So, <laughs> what I, okay, I have a huge m- amount of respect for the Animaniacs, but only to a point. The huge amount of respect is A, it's new content. They're not just retreading stuff. They're having fun with the tropes, but they're building new characters, doing new things. That's cool. Uh-huh. Story writing in there and the, the writing in general across the board, including the Pinky and the Brain stuff and all that. Great writing. Totally great. Funny, works. Uh, across like all kinds of levels. If you're a kid, you love it. If you're an adult, you get the inside jokes. It's just what that stuff should have been. Great writing. The animation was shits McGee. And that's where that broke for me. Like all they needed was that one extra step and just get as good as it used to be. And look, in the 90s, we didn't have the tech we have today. Today, you could do it. You could pull it off today. And maybe they will yeah. with that rebirth of that. They're doing a new version of that or whatever. And maybe they'll pull okay. it off. But man, Scott, I got to ask whoo, you one more. Whoo. I got to ask you one more. And this is it. This is because, you know, coming around on Animaniacs, being in the middle is OK. That's forgiving of your. I understand you've got a weird thing for old Looney Tunes. Yeah, I that's do. that's fine. You've get, you know, I guess if you remove all the like stuff that hasn't aged well, it's all right. Oh, yeah. And but, there's tons of it. The, the stuff that didn't <laughs> age well is very small percentage wise. Like and by but, age, well, we're talking about like, oh, this is the one where they do blackface, or here's the one where what, he's kind of like Hitler or whatever. Like they, the, those aside, those are some of the most uh-huh. influential. Like stand if the you test of time. Ignore all the racism. What's there is pretty good. Yeah, like I, I buy, I see their warning at the beginning now, and I'm, and I'm all in on their warning. Their warning basically says these were things of their time. Some of these, you know, messages are not cool today. We know that, but. We present them to you with this message, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm all down with that. That's cool. All right. So here's one more. All right. Give it. Where do you land on Freakazoid? Did I ever see Freakazoid? I don't know if I don't know that I did. Or maybe I may have seen. Well, then you're not going to say anything bad about it. I may have seen a little piece of Freakazoid and then heard after these messages, we'll be right back. And then the dog would pee on the claymation. uh, uh, (laughs) I like the one where it was in a minute in a minute and then it showed the fish and he went yeah those are great 
I love interstitial commercial stuff on Saturday morning cartoons. But like a lot of people say, oh, do you not like Batman because the animation's bad? No, I really like Batman. Like the Batman yeah. animated series is groundbreaking and great. It is it uses cheap animation, but does it in such a cool stylistic way that they got away with it, and it's really great. Like I, I have no hey, hey, Scott, no complaints. You know the main writer on Batman the animated series is the main writer for Tiny Toons. Shut up. Yep, Paul uh, Dini. Paul Dini didn't do Tiny Toons. Yes, he absolutely did. <laughs> is that true? Is that really true? Hold That's on. true. I'm looking this up. It, I believe it, so it must be true. <laughs> oh, there it is. Our cast and crew, Paul Dini, there it is. All right. Did you know that Paul Dini looks exactly like you if you wore a, a hair piece? Can I show you this? You're going to die. Yeah, let's see it. Okay, you're going to die. This is great. I mean, literally, this is you sitting there at a con. The only difference is. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. I got to find freaking discord so I can drag it in here and then I'll show the chat. Here you go. He looks just like you, but with hair on there. He does look a lot like. Yeah. Me. And shaved beard. No beard. Well, yeah. You got to put the little beard on him. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Dini. Famed Tiny Toons creator. Paul Dini. Everybody. I think he should probably be more well known for Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, but that's fine. And he is. I mean, obviously, I didn't even know. But um, yeah, enough about this. But I, I could go on for days about. I got, a, I've got a cartoon bone in me that runs long and deep. <laughs> you should watch Freakazoid, Scott. I'd be curious what you thought about that. Is it Freakazoid or Zoids? Freakazoid. Okay, Freakazoid cartoon. I just want to see what this is. If it rings a bell. Freakazoid. Okay, it's a TV TV series, ninety five to ninety seven. Oh no, I like Freakazoid. I didn't know that was his name though. It's been a long time. I remember this dude with the wacky hair. He looked like the Joker yeah. a little bit. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I remember being okay with this. I probably didn't get into it as hardcore as as you obviously did. Well, I don't know if I'd say I got into it hardcore, but I did like me some Freakazoid. I, yeah, I remember being it was thinking it was all right, and it was a new character too, right? This wasn't some comic book thing, I don't think. No, yeah. it was all, all new, all new character. All right, well, my bone goes long and deep. That's right. Jennifer. I mean the the real the real star of the show was Ed Asner as Mike Cosgrove. Oh, is that true? I didn't know he was yeah, in that. His police officer friend. I love him in that or in, in everything. Yeah. I love Ed Asner. He basically interrupted him from saving the day constantly to have him like go to the fair to watch it. <laughs> bear ride a unicycle or something <laughs> <laughs> all right there you go i need well, what i want these days and there's examples of it but i want better writing because we're, we're finally to a place where we can make really cool stylistic choices with our animation and we can do it cheaper and cheaply without it breaking the bank where that used to not be true now we just need to match the writing with that that we used to get in the 90s when we had less money to do the animation right then we're in a then we're living in a golden age of animation. I'm telling you. All right. Yeah. Anyway, Spider Man, catch it. Uh, what else? Oh, Horizon Forbidden West. That looked cool. Yeah, uh, still looks good. Do you think? Um, how do you feel about a uh, red hair lady spending a lot of time in like desert looking places? Because I love that, but you don't always love that. It's not your favorite. I mean, I liked the I liked the world of 
Horizon Zero Dawn so much that I'll I'm okay with it. And it looks like it goes all over the place, like that original one did too. There were in the first one there were you know snowy mountains, lush jungle, red desert. Like they had the whole they had the whole thing. The the first one I love the first game, and I'm playing it again on PC when it hits. Uh they didn't talk about that at all. I was hoping they might say something on that, but um, that was clearly all PS5 focused. Uh, there was a moment in that game where I walked into kind of a snowy area where it was presumably winter and it said there was an old sign or something I could read and it's like Salt Lake City it said it was it was my hometown and I was like oh what cool man this is set in the future when everything's all gone to crap and all the robot machines are running around and this is where I live that's pretty cool but then I, uh, my character got up and walked around, uh, rocked, I don't know, 50 yards to the South. And I was suddenly in the, uh, the freaking delicate arch, uh, <laughs> Zion's national park area of Utah. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. I can't walk from downtown 50 yards that way. And I'm in that other place. They really shrunk that stuff up and it annoyed it's the me. It's weird future, Scott. Like uh, it's, uh, that's the way it happens sometimes. I guess so. It's something I'll have to live with, but uh anyway i'm very excited about that game and that looked real good maybe a little too good do you know what i'm trying to say about this one okay let me explain i don't mean that it looked fake it looked legit like it's running on that hardware and everything it looked too smooth how do i explain this you know i think i kind of get what you're saying like there was something i can't explain it there was something, and I know these are all kind of cinematic trailers that we're seeing. I mean, Ratchet and Clank is probably the closest we got to like a gameplay trailer yeah. sort of deal. But there was something about it that felt like it was put together to be more of a video piece than an actual representation of what the game was. Yeah. Yes. There was a lot of like, hey, here's everything in the world all up top, and now it dives under the ocean very cinematically, and now we're swimming around, and we're deep underwater there. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, I think I think it could be realistic, because I, uh, I was watching some of the footage from God of War that came out on the PS4 yeah. however many years ago. Yeah. Again, a couple years. That game still looks next gen oh it's striking that game it is shocking how good that game looks for a for a ps4 game like if you put gameplay from that game in a video package i would still be impressed by it yeah if they Uh, if they'd held on to that game until now and it hadn't come out yet and they said that was playstation 5 footage even though it was ps4 i would have believed it like mm-hmm. it looks really good. You're you're not. And right. I wouldn't have gone. Oh, look at this crappy looking game amidst <laughs> all these great looking games. I still would have been like, wow, look at that. Yeah, I would have too. That game is uh, something else. But yeah, I don't know. I can't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it in words. But there's something about Forbidden West. But also, Guerrilla Games. Whenever they make trailers, they. I mean, they they've been fishy forever. Remember, um, was the controversial PS2 one? Nobody or PS3. Oh, yeah, I know what. It was yeah. their shooter they did before Killzone? this. Killzone? Was it Killzone? Killzone 2, yeah. Killzone yeah. 2 was supposed to be all oh, that's real footage being generated on the fly, and it turns out it totally wasn't. Uh, so, but this isn't a case like that. Like, that's not what they're... Nobody's claiming anything here. It's just... Every time I see one of their trailers, I just scratch my head a little and go, I don't know. These guys, they're always doing... They're fudging around with trailers. So maybe that's all I'm feeling. But that first game delivered so hard. I loved it. I'm really excited about this one. 
Uh, let's see, Strays, that cool robot game where you're the cat. Uh, you wrote Shrug here, but I secretly know that you're dying to play that with the cat. No, I'm not going to play the dumb You're going to play the cat game. John's going to play it. He'll be the one to get it. I'm, I've already decided. That's how it's going to go. No. <laughs> Who was I talking to that was really into the cat game? Somebody uh, was Probably a lot of people because I got on Twitter and I complained about the cat game and all of a sudden... Nothing. It went from dead quiet, no talk to I said something disparaging about the cat game, and all of a sudden my replies filled up immediately. They blew up People your Twitter. Yep. On the internet, go crazy about cats. Yeah. Turns out it turns it's out. it's a thing they're into, and I have to admit I'm intrigued by what that world is. Uh whether I want to be a cat in it or not is not really that that part I don't know about, but just the the look of it and the I don't know, those robots are cool. That stuff's the cool. robots look really neat. Yeah, I like which is maybe where I it pushed me on the and you get to be a cat. I was like, but the robots are great. Yeah, why do I got to be a stupid cat in this game? Can I be a robot in your cool cat game? How about that? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe uh, Stray is set in the. He's it's just a city where uh, the Horizon Forbidden West game is uh, is set, but the, but they've got regular old robot people walking around there. And the only thing left is a cat and this redheaded lady, and they get it reunited finally, and the two games meet in the middle. And for a mere $120, you can buy them both at the same time. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, so that's Stray. Resident Evil 8 Village. That's where you go and you fight Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. pile flowers all around you. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> while you watch your boyfriend burn oh, in a cabin so weird if you guys haven't seen uh it's midsummer good spoiler good i guess there's the end of the movie yeah good you. hell there's a big <laughs> john just gave away a major plot point but it's a bit of oh, a hell of a thing that movie so weird anyway uh this looked like what i expected it would probably look like it looks real scary and freaky and looks like it's uh it's not just more of hey, we're in a crappy little house in the middle of Louisiana. There's obviously a lot more going on here. It's a lot more gothic. There's a lot more like, um, I don't know. It felt like we're going to get a lot more weird Resident Evil lore in this one. Uh, yeah, Chris was in there shooting somebody. Yeah. Somebody close to the main protagonist of uh, Seven. Yeah, I kind Although, of. Here's, yeah. here's what I've learned about the first person Resident Evils. Yeah. And granted, Seven isn't my favorite. It's very cool. I had a lot of fun watching you play through it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever beat it on my own. I think I lost interest around the bug lady. But, uh, <laughs> as but, soon as it wait, as soon as that vagina nest of bugs came out, <laughs> that was it for you. You were out. <laughs> Okay. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think it was the she was walking around with a lantern and I had to be sneaky and I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna keep doing this. But uh part of being first person, I think the first person is genuinely scary. I I would say for me personally, watching what I've seen of seven versus you know the remake of two and the remake of three. I think seven is the scarier game of all of them, oh, and yeah. I think the first person plays a lot into that. But as a result of it, too, I have no attachment to Ethan as a character at all. And yeah. in that trailer, they have that moment where Chris is like, sorry, Ethan, and he shoots somebody. Yeah. Um, and people are speculating who that could be and, and why Ethan's so upset. 
I realized that I have no idea who Ethan is as a character, except a guy who got his hand lopped off and pours water on it to feel better. And he really likes his girlfriend. <laughs> and that's about all I know about his character. And I think the first person kind of is the reason for no connection to the character whatsoever. Yeah, I think me. so. That disassociates you from them as a protagonist. I think it worked for things like, you know, like it barely works in something like Half-Life because Gordon Freeman never says anything and never does anything. And so then it becomes kind of a memeable, rememberable, rememberable dude. And everyone's talking to him. Freeman, well, you're late for the experiment, Freeman, and all that stuff. Like there's something about that My that kind of works. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Okay. You're late again, Gordon. Like all that stuff is great. Uh, in this, I, I'll, I'm with you. Ethan is just, there's nothing significant about Ethan. He's not memorable. He's not anything. He's just a dude. And I could have been any character and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. However, I think that can be done right though. Yeah. And they, it's just on them to do it, but there's nothing about me going, Ooh, the continuing story of Ethan. Ooh, like, no, it's not the reason I'm checking in. Uh, by the way, I think Chris Redfield is putting a bullet in Barry's head. That's what I think. Barry. Why? Barry See, comes back. Barry, Barry comes. Sense. Here's what happens. Barry comes back. His he has a vagina nest full of bees, all right. Yeah, and when he comes out, he's just wearing his like, um, you know, his umbrella corp freaking enforcer uniform from from the hat and down to his belly, and he's got maybe a cool belt with some utility stuff on it. But below that, he's naked to his feet and just a giant nest of bees between his legs. I sure hope this isn't Chris's vagina full of bees. <laughs> Wouldn't you shoot that guy in the head if you saw Barry doing that? Yeah, I would. You'd go, I don't Jill. Think Barry. Yeah. Jill. Jill. Barry. Jill. Yeah, we know. You were almost a Jill sandwich. I, I, the, Jill sandwich. The, Why does he laugh at Jill? I don't know. It's not the funny part of the joke, Barry. The return of Barry would be an amazing addition to this, that series. But right now, we're stuck with Ethan. I don't even know his last name. What is it? I want to say Hunt, but that's because of Mission Impossible. Ethan Hunt for Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hawk. Nope. Nope. Ethan. I have no idea. It could be anything. Ethan Beethan, I'm guessing. It could be Wilson. It could be <laughs> Shits McGee. I have no idea. I don't know what it is. So anyway. But, protagonists aside, that seems like a rad setting, a rad change for Resident Evil. It's not zombies. Looks like we got werewolves. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. That stuff looked cool. I'm. I'm into I'm 100% into that. I'm all into somebody buying that and so that I'm forced to play it because otherwise I don't think I can put myself through it. Uh that seven game that seventh game scared the living shit out of me and I was no way I'm ever playing that in VR. They didn't say anything about VR for this version. That's interesting. Um because that was a real showcase for PSVR when that first launched. Um whereas 8 they made no comment about that, but we'll see. Uh but whole, uh, Ethan Winters, the chat room says, by the way. Yeah, but I don't even know if that's true. They yeah. say it, and I'm like, yeah, that's believable. Sure. But they could have said Ethan Summers, and I would have been like, oh, a relative of Cyclops, I guess. Um, you know? Let's see. Ethan. I'm going to just confirm this. Oh, it is Ethan Winters. Okay. So that's confirmed. Maya Winters was his girlfriend. Well, how can that be? I thought it was Mia. Okay, now wait. This is weird. Yeah, Mia. Did I, did I say Maya? I did say Maya. Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't think they were married. Maybe it was his wife. 
she was up to stuff though she was like uh she was like a bad person she was a researcher for the for a group called the connections an international criminal organization specializing in producing bioweapons for the black market in 2011 she married ethan winters the couple resides in texas see that's some resident evil bullshit right there isn't it (laughs) yeah I, kinda, great. Kinda I love Resident it. Evil. It's yeah. the best. It's pretty great. So anyway, we'll see if Mia returns. Or as maybe I said, that's who Maya. Chris is shooting. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. She it's deserved like, it after all that. She sucks. I don't <laughs> remember what she did to your hand. Like <laughs> He looked all, uh, uh, Chris Redfield looked all grizzled and old and stuff. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be in the future. Yeah, but how far, well, how old's Ethan in this scenario? Well, he was old before. He was great. He was great at the end of seven when he showed up. Was he when Chris did? Yeah. I hated that moment. He looks like he's melting in on himself a little bit in this one. Do you think this one will have a grandma in a chair that shows up for no reason all over the place? Do you think that'll be a thing? I hope so. I hope not, dude. (laughs) The grandma was my favorite. She was the worst. And she would roll her head as you moved around the room and do this and kind of follow you. That family. Everything about that. Do you remember when you had to reach down the the neck of the cop? You had to reach into his neck and pull something out of his freaking body. Do you remember that? Didn't you do it with the hand that had like the staples in it too? (laughs) Yes, I did. I think I remember thinking that's the part that really bugged me was he has a hand that's literally held together by just hope. And that's the one he stuck inside gross things. Yeah, that's a super infection thing going on there. And it's gross. And he put it in like a oh, it's like a big anus looking neck. It was gross, man. That game is gross. And he's just like, well, pour some water on it. Oh, okay. Resident Evil 7 still just gives me the right. Like even right now, I'm a little freaked out. What's in the room? It's dark over there. Okay, I'm not going to worry about it. All right, uh, they showed Demon Souls remake. That is what it is. I was never a Demon Souls guy, so this does nothing for me. But I'm sure there are people who are really jazzed about that, and it looks good. So uh, get ready, everybody. Your PlayStation Three original, the one that started all the Souls things in the first place, was the hardest one. They got easy after that. Everybody said compared to the first. So get ready. Do you? I mean, it are you pretty brutal? If you die in that game, you still have to go collect your the souls you've picked up, but you get half health to do it. Right. That sounds terrible. I don't want to play a video game that doesn't makes me do that. So you you're going to enjoy this because you played the first one, right? So you'll go back, right? I played Demon Souls. I played Dark Souls and then that was kind of it. I didn't play Dark Souls two or three or beyond that. I'll say this about that series. I completely agree with why you don't like it. Yeah. That said, my time in Dark Souls, when I look back at it, there's no other game I have ever played that has made me feel the way Dark Souls did. And that feeling is a sense of accomplishment and achievement that most video games have never given me. Interesting. Now, it's brutal. It's hard. But it is a very unique feeling that when I finally like plugged myself in and said, Nope, we're going to do this and we're going to just push through it. There's a satisfaction and a, uh, a joy you get out of those games that I just have never gotten from another video game ever. Wow. That is high praise. Um, my time in dark souls is a little bit in two and then a little bit of Sakura or was it called? Sakura. Sakura. The last, the last year deal. 
Yeah. Uh, or is that 2018? 2019? I don't know. Um, they were a little more more my jam. In particular, Sekiro, because it was, I feel like I'm into stealth and I like, you know, sneaking up and killing dudes and stuff like that. That's kind of my my jam. So that that supported some of that stuff a little bit more. But even in that game, there was a point where I just cleared a bunch of stuff, got really far, good, I don't know, two hours of time invested, and then just got annihilated by some boss. And there's no saving. There's no going back. You go, I mean, there is, but it's way back. And I got to fight three sub-bosses to get there again and do a bunch of stuff I already done. I hate that feeling of redoing stuff. I hate it. Unless it's a roguelike or something, which is I like those, <laughs> and that's kind of what these are in a weird, blown yeah. out way, you know. But but too much, too much of the you've lost everything. Sorry, start over kind of vibe, and I hate that. I'm still curious. You should you should try the new Star Wars game that came out. That's vaguely Dark Souls ish, right? But kind I of, think yeah. it I think it threads that needle just enough, especially if you play on an easier setting of being an action game with those mechanics to to feel good for you well now that that thing is on well, i guess i could still do the month for five bucks or whatever yeah and play it on uh origin but now that they're bringing everything over to um everything to steam again it feels like i want to kind of get it there but yeah and it's half off right now too was oh, it really so does yeah. that make it uh, what, like 29 bucks yeah it's in the 20s it's not bad it's not bad I may have to do this I didn't realize that. Gosh, dang it. John making me buy things. I hate that. That happens every time. It may even happened this last week. Hmm. We'll get to that in a minute. All right. Excuse me. Gran Turismo 7. Uh, we don't care. Just cars. We got we got an email about that. We can address that when we get. Yeah. And I understand. We want. Let me make this really super clear when it comes to that game or what we said, what I said about the Souls likes or what I said about Tiny Tunes. <laughs> All of those things, because I don't like them, is not me saying that anybody else who loves this stuff is wrong for liking them. I am just purely giving you my opinion. That's it. So just remember that when they, you know you know, feel like we're short shrifting something you really like. It's not because we think you're wrong to like it. It's because we don't. Or we don't get it sometimes. Like Gran Turismo 7 or Gran Turismo's devotion to, to utter and complete realism and simulation just doesn't appeal to me. I want to play a video game to have fun. But I understand that there's people who would rather do that other thing. For example, on Steam, there's a game out right now in early access called Sal- Salvage. Ah, shit. I don't remember the name. But it's basically, it's a space salvage game. And it's you floating up to an old derelict ship and like using a torch to like take off the moorings of the side of a thing and then float that thing out into space. Cause you don't need that, but it's the guts you need. So you're in there and you're taking this engine out and then taking it out there in low gravity and kind of pushing it off to where your ship is so you can salvage it later. And I am super vi- hyped about this game. I want to play it. I'm going to wait until it's under, you know, more development's done. Cause there's a lot of stuff and it's very early, but I love the idea of disassembling a ship and then selling all that shit for money. And then going back and finding another ship and doing the same thing. That is fun for me. I know there are people who don't like that kind of game. I'm sure of it. And so, you know, I'm, I, I can't get offended every time somebody doesn't like that kind of thing. I know somebody the other day sent an email says, how are you guys playing Deep Rock Galactic? I hate it. It's just spiders and, and mining. And I'm like, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the part we love. That's the part we out, like, right? That's the part you love. You love a hundred percent of the game, right? And what's funny is that game actually goes against type for me because the game. Well, you could argue that a lot of their inspiration for that game came right out of Left for Dead, but Left for Dead I don't enjoy very much. I did yeah. a bit back in the day, but it's not really my jam. Um, I find it grindy and kind of boring and samey, and I don't know, just oh no, a big bunch of them. <laughs> Okay, reloading, reloading, you know, all that. And then, oh, no, here comes the big one. Oh, he explodes. Watch out. Like, a lot of that is in Deep Rock Galactic, but there's something about that combined with what you're down there to get, combined with having to get back to your ship, and then all the upgrades and stuff later, which Left 4 Dead has none of that. It's like the perfect combination that makes me really dig this as an implementation of whatever genre that is. Um. So, yeah. I don't know why I'm over explaining this. It probably makes sense on the first time I said it, but now I won't say it anymore. Anyway, Gran Turismo 7. A lot of people excited. Not me and not John. <laughs> yeah, not us. Uh, all right, so that's basically it for your PlayStation 5 stuff. Then they showed it, and um, we don't have a date, although that weird posting in the UK or in, in the EU was also, uh, there was hinted at at the date of November 20th. We'll see if that's real or not, hopefully soon. That's about right, though. Pre-holiday, I would hope. Both of these yeah. consoles would launch in that window. Um, and there's been, been a lot of talk this week about how both companies, and of course they're going to say this even if they don't feel this way, but they both feel pretty recession-proof about their boxes and the industry in general and feel like they're going to be able to bring a, a good price that will bring value that people are going to want. One would think they'll sell real well through this initial stock and then it's the long term that we have to look at. So we'll see. All right, Nintendo did a Direct today or something sort of like it, and they are now, uh, they've made it known that after 20-something years, Pokemon Snap is back, baby. Yeah, here, here's a prime example of a game that's going to be, some people are going to be over the moon excited, yeah. and some people are not going to care at all. Yeah, Scott, I suspect you are a not going to care at all well, about Pokemon Snap. you'd think, but here's the weird twist. I like games where I got to go find stuff. And I think this actually might appeal to me more than than you're not wrong to think that, okay? I get it. You're you're probably right in thinking that about me. Um but I I like hunting stuff down and collecting like got to get a picture of that. Got to get do this other thing. Like I've played a few games like that um that I quite enjoy. Probably would enjoy this more than a than a than a mainline uh, Pokemon game, though. I can tell you that because regular Pokemon just doesn't do it for me. Never has um, the gameplay. I mean, it's just not. I don't even mean you know googly characters and anime storylines and all that. That's that's fine. That's that I can get around that. But if your gameplay loop is not doing it for me, that's my reason for not really being into Pokemon. And Pokemon Go has no storyline. It's just go capture shit and do raids and stuff. And I. I find that stuff just kind of mind numbing, but me having to like explore a world and find these missing things or these hidden things. I don't know. There's something about that. I like, so maybe this is for me. I don't know. I mean, look, I, if you met me a few years ago and you said, I'll bet sky, nobody looks at me and says, I'll bet he's a real animal crossing guy. They'd be so yeah. wrong. I freaking love that game and that whole series. And I've played them since the beginning and it goes against type, but I love it. So I, I might like it, is what I'm saying. 
I might be with you. I did not play the original Pokemon Snap. It's yeah. one of those games that just never happened. Uh, the idea of an on-rails uh, photography game, mm. I was not the right age to appreciate that. Now you tell me that, and I'm like, okay, I can see where the appeal would be there. But the me that was presented that game at that time, I was like, you said the word on-rails, and I was already a nope. Yep. And then you said photography and I was a double note <laughs> and you said Pokemon. And I was like, wait, you got me except that I don't like those other two things. So it's still a note. Yeah. It's still a note. Uh, and so I'm, I might check this out. I, you know, the, the whole idea of like, you're going through this world and there's certain tricks you need to do uh, to coax out, to get the right photograph and all of that. It kind of seems like it could be cool. Yeah. So it could be fun. I, I might, I might check this out. You're also, you know, we're, we're eons ahead in terms of fidelity. This will look a lot better than it did than that original game did. That original game was a blurry mess. So this has some potential that way. And, you know, I don't know. I'm actually a little surprised they didn't announce this as a mobile game just because cameras and AR and all that. I kind of thought that would be a thing, but a uh, little surprise it's on the switch, but I guess it'll do. Okay. They, they must've, they must think highly of it because it's coming. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it in chat right now. Um, and I'll, actually, I think it's a really good point that Torek makes, which is part of what made Snap very exciting was that was our first chance to see what had only been 2D sprites in 3D. Mm -hmm. um, so that is one thing that I'm a little skeptical about, yeah. I guess, is that. OK, we're taking pictures of Pokemon <laughs> and they're in 3D and I've seen Pokemon in 3D before. Yeah. And the graphics don't look particularly great right. from the pictures I've seen. So I don't know. But, you know, I think that there is something to the gameplay there. Um, you know, somebody else is talking about that the cartridge was worn out. They played so much. So, um, so how the, I don't I, think that works that way, does it? You can't wear the cartridge out, can you? I mean, you Let's can just, if you're like, I love this game and you squeeze it to death, I guess. I guess. Or if you're pulling it out all the time and swapping it with like Zelda or something, I suppose. That's how those Gold wore out. Yeah. I'm into two things, GoldenEye and Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it could be very, very cool. I I will probably give it a try. Yeah, it seems like it, I I have my eye on it because, I don't know, I really like my Switch right now. And I play a lot of games on it. Little ones, big ones, everything in between. And I don't know. Nintendo makes magic. So let's see what magic they bring with that. We're also getting a new Star Wars game that is set in space with fighting TIE fighters and X-Wings and things. It is called Star Wars Squadrons. Got announced. Uh, EA, it got leaked. So EA just sort of had, went ahead and said, all right, yeah, it's coming. They were supposed to save this for their EA Play thing they were doing. Is it this week or next week? Whenever it is. I think it's this week. It's pretty soon, at yeah. the very least. They'll probably yeah. show this at that still um, in, in way more detail. But uh, it's got a lot of X-Wing and TIE, TIE Fighter fans and people who love those old, more simmy, um, you know, Space Fighter uh, dogfight games. They have people really excited about this. Uh, I'm a little tentative because to me it just sounds like maybe they're just making an arcade shooter in space. Um, so, hey, we're in agreement on this. Mm. I know it's not a crazy thing. Yeah. I'm skeptical, too. Like, I'm a huge X-Wing TIE Fighter, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, yeah. X-Wing Alliance fan. I loved those games back in the day. Uh, but there's something about this that I need to wait and see. 
I I am not going to jump on the hype train this early. We haven't seen enough of the game yet. For one, it's not a full price game, and it's got me going, why? And uh, two, it seems to lean, while they have been clear there's a single player campaign, it seems to lean very heavily on 5v5 multiplayer. Mm. And that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what you're into. That's not what I'm interested in. Yeah, same. And so I could be. I'm not going to shoot it down. We certainly have a group of five people that we could gather and have some fun if everybody got on board with this. Sure. And that could be very cool. But it's a little too early for me to be over the moon excited. I I need to know what the gameplay is and, you know, what is that single player campaign? You know, Battlefront 2 had a single player campaign. Yeah. Nobody talks about it. Yeah, it was okay, so, but it was really slapdash compared to the rest of the game. I yeah. totally agree with this. If it's if its focus is multiplayer, what I want is focus on single player sandboxy open universe. Let's go do missions. Let's do some cool stuff. Let's have some rad story. Let's have the combat be amazing. Like that's what I want as the primary game with if they want to add one a multiplayer mode. Not the other way around where this is primarily a multiplayer game and it has a campaign. I'm not into yeah. that. So they have a lot to prove here with this one. Um, EA has a lot to prove in general lately. Maybe they can pull this off. They did pretty great with that last Star Wars game. Um, you could argue that was mostly because the developer in question was is awesome and Respawn makes great games. Um, and, you know, that's enough to push it over. This one's just hard to say. So it looks good. I can say that. What they've shown looks great. Visually, I mean. Um, yeah. How it's going to play is going to matter. And this is a big week, everybody. Last of Us 2 is out. The thing that makes you want to just punish yourself over and over uh, for a long time is out. And here's the thing. I was pretty sure I was going to play Last of Us 2. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll still play it at some point. I don't know if I can handle that right now, though. It seems I... a little much to me. I, the, from what I've heard, from the reviews I've read, and yeah. they're all pretty glowing overall people are just like man this is transcends video games this is like the greatest acted story of any medium i've seen in decades blah 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 a lot of really lofty things being said about it but all of them also say it is one of the most punishing brutal and i don't mean hard but like hard to watch difficult situation type stuff emotionally just wrecking game in a very long time uh, that makes me not want to play it right now, you know? Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. I, cause I think I'm, I don't know if it's normal. This would be a question for your sister. Yeah. I lean into whatever emotion I'm in. Yeah. If I'm sad, I want to consume nothing but sad things. Yeah. I don't want to explore, explore the opposite, which is what I think is to me, logically, the right decision. Right. If I'm feeling down, I want to watch something that's going to pick me up and make me happy. If I feel like the world's on fire, the last thing I want to do is watch something that's about how the world's on fire. But for me, I tend to go the other way. If I'm sad, I'm going to listen to sad music, I'm going to watch sad movies, and I want to feel as sad as humanly possible. If the world's going to hell in a handbasket, I want to play a game where the world has gone to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> And that's just how I'm going to deal with it. Uh, and I don't know if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's normal. I don't know if that's right. But uh, that has made me only more excited for Last of Us 2. And hearing that 
it's bleak and unforgiving and depressing and bad. I'm like, oh, great. Sign me up. That's exactly what I need right now. Mm. Uh, so I'm excited for it. But I completely understand anybody that's like, I don't know if I want to play a game where the world has been ravaged by a deadly virus mm -hmm. that turned everybody into monsters. And now they're all killing each other. Yeah, uh, that's a understandable thing to want to check out of. Yeah, it's um, I get why people feel that way because i think i feel that way about this but it's specific to video games because i actually lean into stuff like that like you're talking about but it's almost always movies or tv so if i'm if i'm feeling like i don't know like i watched a contagion a couple of weeks ago <laughs> who does that during a pandemic right like uh -huh. how yeah. how weird but i i tend to lean in with that form of entertainment but when it comes to my interactive entertainment even though a lot of what last of us 2 is presentational cutscenes and things like that. I don't know why. It just makes me feel like, oh, do I really want to go through this right now? Do I really want to push A or X when I don't want to push that? You know what I mean? I don't know. There's yeah. something about it. But uh everyone's raving. I haven't really read a bad review, really, I can, that I can think of. Um it yeah, seems the like people who are saying bad things are basically saying it's the it's the violence, it's the de depressing story, it's the the emotions that you feel was just didn't ring with them at this point in time but yeah. as far as like gameplay and what you're doing and the story it's telling everybody's pretty universally loving it yeah so. which is good i'm glad to hear that it's a clearly a piece of work and uh, they deserve some credit for it and it's finally out so go get your copy today disc or download okay oh by the way i want to make one thing about playstation 5 clear before we move on they have the disc version and they have the discless digital version. I'm 100%. Thanks to discless over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks to dis discless. We, yes, uh, this man has no We got a download disc. cap issue. <laughs> uh, I don't, I am all about download. I don't care about discs. I'm done. Don't need them anymore. So I'm all about that second one. But here's my prediction. Some people have said it'll only be a $50 difference between the two. Someone in the chat said it earlier, and I've also heard other people say it. No way. No way it's only $50 difference. It'll be, if it's not a hundred bucks difference, then what are you even doing this for? Like, what is the value? Because I can still yeah. download them to the other one. It's not like it's not also digital. It's digital and a disc. If you're saying I'm only going to save 50 bucks, that's stupid. I think the hard drive size is different between the two. Well, we don't know. Maybe. We don't know. One would, one would think that the digital one might be bigger and maybe they'll have two SKUs for that like here's your basic one and here's the one with a little bit bigger space or something i don't know i know they want to sell modular hard drives they have other plans for that stuff so i don't know what the plan is but um for me it's just a no-brainer that i want to go digital the question is will sony how much how much is sony saving me by doing that what will be the difference and if it's not at least 100 it should be at least 100 or else what are you doing it for because 50 is nothing. People just go, oh, well, all right, I'll just get the disc, disc one then. Yeah. Like, why even have the digital? It doesn't make any sense to me if they do that. But we'll see. Okay, before I forget, because I forgot last week, we're playing a mashup today. Yeah, that's right. Jamie made a mashup. And it's only sad that Bo's not here to hear it because I'll, and I'll send one to Bo. I'll give him a copy of the file. But we're going to listen to it now because we put it off from last week and we didn't do it. This is called Peenies. Okay. Great. So sit back and enjoy this mashup from Jamie. TMS Mashups on Twitter. Here it is. 
<laughs> Bastard butthole fart nugget squeezer cheese. <laughs> you should have farted what? on Janice from Accounting's donut that day in the break room. How is that an April Fool's Day joke? What farting? What? On you her? fell for it. I farted on your food, and you didn't anticipate. <laughs> That's exactly my point. <laughs> Wiener's dicks. This says alternative way to say it. Penis. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, I didn't expect okay. that. Yeah. Well, that I can pronounce. So penis. I think I'll just call it. <laughs> penis. Hold on. Penis. <laughs> It is what they do. They touched them, and who knows, they might have had some chicken wings for lunch and licked their fingers clean. Then you've got licked chicken finger licked finger on your box. Jeez, that was I don't came out way worse than I thought it was going to. It was like a car accident. So penis by itself. Penis. All right. Plural penises. Penis. Penis. Oh no, I didn't. I would have said penis says. I would have too. See, this is what he sounds like when he's close. This is Bo when he's close. Hey, hello? Hey, everybody. I hear this is how podcasting is done. I just want to get right up in your ears. And now here's a goblin and I will scream. I would have said either a bunch of penises or... So when there's a bukkake happening, there's a a lot of peenies. Peenies. It's the way he says it. It's like it was a pleasant surprise. There's something about penis. this guy's voice. Penis. Uh, penis. I didn't penis. realize. Penis. He's like, oh, is there a penis? Penis. Yeah, he's excited either way. Penis. If you're a new listener, the Bukaki reference is a callback. Yeah, humor. it's not Bo. Not just a weird thing. Yeah. You can stay. We don't do that. Yeah, Bo's not obsessed with the act with the of multiple penis. Penis. All right. That's awesome. I'm not into the khaki. Don't take my money, please. Yeah, don't take my money, bitch. He hung up. He hung Stop. up? What did he hang up for? He he doesn't want to talk to us anymore. Oh, he's still on Zoom. I see his face. Well, he wants us to see him. What if yet. he pulls his wiener out right now? Because he thinks we can't see him. What if we forgot? I, he's just is like, well, hung up on the call. Time to take off my pants and do a dance. <laughs> uh, that was great. Oh, uh, I don't remember the peenies conversation going so many directions, but there it is. Peenies. Peenies. That guy's amazing. All right, uh, that's it for that. Let's do this. Time to talk about our weekend gaming. Um, all right, John, are you ready for the grand 4X turn-based experiment that I conducted? Yes, because I've been wanting to play a new 4X type of game. Yeah. And you you did a lot. All right, here's our theme. Okay, here we go. That's just a kid making a sound. I know that kid. All right, um... I did a weird experiment. Last week on the show, we talked about Old World and how I wanted to play it, and it sounded really neat, and I thought they were doing some cool stuff. It's on the Epic Store. It's in early access. These are former Civ devs who left the, those teams. Uh, their last game was actually that uh, that kind of stock markety space game. Um, I can't think of names today. What's the name of that game where you're space... Space, sell, selling stuff in space. That's it. Don't remember what? the name. Don't remember. Anyway, it's going to drive me crazy. Which, which game are we talking about? It's the about one here? they made where it, you were like on Mars and you you were just mining stuff and selling it. And it was all about just maximizing your market potential. So you could like, uh, it's a strategy game, but I can't remember. I didn't play that. All right. Someone in the chat will remember. But, you know, again, these are guys that were just like, all right, we're out of the civs. We'd left for Axis. We're doing our own thing now. Uh, they're called Mohawk Games. Mohawk Games? Mohawk Games. Um, anyway, this is their new thing. And they have a lot of experience under their belts from their civ time. Building Civilization 4 in particular was the lead. This dude was the lead on that. And 
he made Old World, or they're making Old World. And last week, John's like, oh, you should get it. You should just get it. And I was like, I don't know, 39 bucks. Should I really get it? Mirror, 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 mirror. Well, then I found out that it was only 29 because I had a $10 uh, thing on Epic that I hadn't used yet. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm doing it. 29 bucks. Let's get Old World. Let's see if this is all about what it's about. And I immediately fell in love with it. It's very good for tons of reasons. But the main reason is, instead of you picking Gandhi, and now he's your ruler for the next thousand years, you pick a real leader of the time who lives, rules, makes mistakes, has successes, dies, or gets assassinated, or gets sick, and almost dies, or whatever, and when he does die, then your heir takes over whoever you've deemed to be your heir. You may have had some sons and you live in a society where the culture only lets sons take over and the girls can't. Or you didn't have any boys because your wife was barren for boys. All she could have was girls. So now you only got this girl and you got to make this hard decision that's going to like rock the foundation of your civilization to say, hey, for the first time ever, a female leader. Ooh, you know, so it's always set in this time period of like the old world and you're going through these this dynasty system so you're even the little painter painted portrait of your dude's face you start out young and you know virile and all that and as the time goes on in the game get a little old get some wrinkles get a little gray hair on the side starts to be more gray start to look old and when you finally die you get warned like after one of your turns the the king so-and-so you are very gravely ill get your uh issues in order and and be ready for the transfer of power or whatever. And now your son, Alexander, takes over. And you've already sent him to a school that helped him be a better military leader because you made that choice on one of your turns. Hey, your boy's old enough for school. Where do you send him? Uh, the Academy for Being Better Military Leaders or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that one. Off-World Trading Company. That's the game I was thinking of before. Okay. Anyway, thanks, chat. Uh, that feature alone is freaking It's so good. It's so good because it makes the game personal again. The problem with Civ, and Civ's an amazing series, don't get me wrong, but one of the problems with it is it's just kind of faceless. It's sort of, all right, well, I'm going to do better than these other civilizations. I'm going to see if I can overtake everybody and pick one of my four main ways of winning, and I'm going to do it. And that's great for what it is. But they have these conceits like, well, Washington's going to rule for a 1,000 years, and that's kind of dumb, but that's how we do it in this game, and it's fine. Um in this game, they take this like very down, down on the ground level kind of approach to who you are and who you associate with. You might be rolling around on the game doing things that are very civ-like, like you're exploring and getting ready to settle another city somewhere and have some warriors with you to fight or whatever. Just a very sim, a very civilization type move. And when you end that turn, a message pops up with a picture of a guy with curly hair. And it says, this dude uh, showed up in court today and claims he has secrets from a warring nation. And if you bring him in and give him a place to stay uh, in your court and let him be part of your court, he'll, he'll divulge all this information and give you a huge leg up in this fight. And then you have these choices, believe him and let him in, uh, tell him we don't, you know, listen to strangers or whatever and kick him out of there, throw him in jail, kill him on the spot, like all these options. And they all have ramifications. So if you decide I'm going to trust him and let him in, Eight turns later, you find out that dude was a traitor the whole time, was there just to steal stuff, and now he's out of there with a bunch of secrets you guys had. Or well, you that, uh, that brings up my first question. Yeah. Because that sounds awesome. It but is here's awesome. where I have a concern. Go. That scenario presumably could happen again. Yeah. 
could the result be different? Yes. Or is that curly haired guy always going to be a traitor every single time? And eventually you just learn the scenarios. And when curly hair guy shows up to court, I always know to say, no, don't be here. Cause if I say yes, he'll be a traitor. Great question. I'm glad you asked it. Thanks for coming to my Ted talk. Here's the rest of it. <laughs> so you're, so that's a, that's actually a really reasonable concern. The answer is no, it does not do that. It doesn't just repeat the scenario. Uh, I've played a number of games, different different run-throughs to kind of just get a feel for everything and just to see what the differences were. Like when I played Cleopatra, what was that going to be like? Cause that's different than, you know, the whole England male heirs thing. If I'm like something like that, like it's a very different kind of approach. So let's see how that goes. And those scenarios, when you, let's say I decide to let the guy stay in court. Sometimes that was a good decision or sometimes me doing that. And it's not just random. Me doing that had an effect on another decision I made, which has a third other decision result later that I'm going to have to deal with. Um, for example, I'm pretty sure this is how this worked because I don't know how else it would have happened. But somebody like this, I don't remember what the deal was. He may have been an envoy or something in this scenario. But somebody came to my to my civilization, wanted to be kind of integrated into the court and stuff and be a part of the the elite class there and everything. And I let it happen. And a couple of moves later, I get noticed that my wife has been respond. The queen has been uh, despondent and unhappy in her station and has started living in a, some kind of quarters that, that was built for her hundred miles away from me. And because she just doesn't like me now and she doesn't like this job and she hates it. And so she's moved out. Then you find out later, she's having an affair with that dude. Oh man, you and, brought him right into the house. Yeah, and then they have a kid, and now I got to figure out what to do with the kid, how to punish the guy. It's not complicated though; they don't make it crazy. Like, oh my gosh, this is so much micro. It's still just a lot of choices, dialogue choices, but it's not overly simplified either, where it doesn't mean anything. It actually is very impactful to the overall experience. I had a son who was looking so good, man, training him in science, doing all this stuff. But about the time he hit like the eighteen, nineteen years old. He started drinking with his buddies, saying out way too late, (laughs) just turned into a real bastard and Uh I had to punish him. And then eventually he lost his mind for some reason. We had to send him to some dungeon for the crazy people. And I had another one where uh, I started fooling around because um, I can't remember what the reason was. And there was a and they're not explicit about any of this, but I basically had a mistress and the mistress got pregnant and she had a son who is a bast- now a bastard and doesn't know who his real father is. But because my wife hasn't been able to give us an heir, I might have to go get the bastard kid and make him the heir. A little Games of Thronesy there, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff going on, all while you're still doing these things. Each turn is a year, by the way. should mention that. Um, and it turns... And have twins and have one sent to the dungeon and put in an iron mask. And the other one is set to become the heir, but it turns out he's a dick and they have to go get the one in the iron mask and replace the one yeah. and do a little swaparoo. Well, they, well, they have to fight, uh, uh, John Malkovich with his normal voice and no accent. Hmm. Great question. Uh, so it, maybe that's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if this happened. What you, what you just described seems possible after what I've played and, uh, what's interesting is I, there were twins at one point. I had twins. Um, we didn't get to the point of any of that stuff, but 
but I had a, a set of twins, a girl and a boy. They were fraternal. Uh, had one where I lived and died. Son took over, and there was a weird insurrection that was based on a long time ago decision I made before I died that pissed off the court so that when my son was in charge, they tried to usurp the throne and we were able to stop it through some other upgrades that I'd made that made it possible for me to be better than what they were going to do to take over and do the coup. Like just crazy stuff like that without feeling overwhelmed by it or that that's the whole game. Cause it isn't, it's equal parts, all this other stuff that you would normally do in a civ game. You're improving things, you're adding buildings, putting roads, you got workers. Um, they're back to having, these workers are like old civilization workers. You don't lose one when you build, when you build an improvement. They're yeah. just always a worker available for you. I think in five, they, they were normal then that way. And now in six, they're, they, they delete themselves. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> it's I hate a really that. rough change. That one yeah. took a while to get used to. Yeah. I don't like that in Civ six, you, they're basically, you have three charges of a worker when you make a worker. I hate that. That's yeah. dumb. Unless you get the pyramids and then yeah. you get four charges and good point. I real and I, I realize that they've they've gamified it and it's it's probably okay, but this felt good to get back to where my workers were workers were workers, man. They just get work done, and I like that. Uh, they also uh, so turns are a currency, not turns. Sorry, movement is a currency, and this is the this is a weird change that took me a little while to get my head around. But basically, it works like this, and you can improve this number and stuff. But you have these little scrolls; they're called writs. And every move in, into a, a new hexagon by any unit is a is an order. It's a writ to to move, and you could so in theory, let's say you have tw- excuse me twenty writs at the beginning of your turn, you could have one scout spend all twenty writs running. He could go from the bottom, top of the map all the way to the bottom of the map, or back back and forth, whatever, as many times as you want to until you run out of those moves. And when you do that, nobody else is going to move anywhere. You've spent all your move moves. That's interesting. It is really interesting. And it, it's I, weird, too, when you think about it, because it makes it seem like instead of the scout getting tired, you as the king got tired of writing letters to tell people to go someplace else. Well, there is some of that, but it's also, I think there is, there was a fatigue thing, maybe. Oh, I don't remember how it worked. That part, I'm not, I don't, I don't take my word on this because I'm not as familiar with the fatigue system, if there even is one. I can't remember how it worked. It seemed like there was something that, that Eventually, it told me it's like, oh, your guys are been they've been out too long or something. Um, but so so the way that currency is, re- it's very helpful because in some situations you're like, oh man, I've got to take care of this fight happening down south. Thank goodness I have this many moves, and I don't care about my northern scouts. They can sit still for five moves. Who cares? Just stay up there. These yeah. other guys, though, I got to get this army down here, so I use a bunch of those writs for that. And even if I still need some, there's something called marching orders. And it's a currency that you build up over time. It uses a hundred of them to spend it, but basically you can tell that unit to keep moving. Hmm. And basically it's, you know, like forcing them to keep going and it has some detrimental effects, but also has some benefits because you can get them further down the road. Anyway, there's that stuff just comes together really nice. There's some really cool stuff with the combat. There are a few things that aren't done. A couple of animations that aren't finished. Like the horses kind of float around. They don't, they don't clomp around yet. <laughs> Yeah. Um, little things like that, but overall very polished. The music's great. It, it has a real vibe to it way, way into this game. And I think it's going to be really special. Now here's the experiment part. I went into this thinking 
Is this going to be good? Is this going to be great? Is this going to be average? Is this going to be no big deal? Like, I didn't know. I loved it so much that I needed to get a taste of everything to say, all right, do I really love this or have I forgotten? Or Before I... we get off Old World, though, yeah, there is one thing I need to tell you. Yeah. I was anxious to hear what you thought of it. I listened to Boop, yeah. and I just need to cast my vote. Okay. It's a bad name. <sighs> you think it's a bad name? Yeah, but but if it brands up, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters if the brand works. If it brands up, it doesn't matter. But at this stage, it's a bad name. Because here's the thing. I didn't even realize this was the game you were talking about. I recommended it to you. I sat there going, Scott, you have to play this game. You have to play this game. Oh, buy it. Buy it. Little devil on your shoulder. Go and spend money, Scott. Yeah. And when I heard what you were talking about and I heard like on this episode, we rave about old world. And I was like, what's old world? Is that that MMO? (laughs) I forgot what the game was because the name is so generic and not telling to what it is that it could be anything. Well, that's why, that's why I think it's maybe I'm coming. I'm, I have a more of a shine to it because it's already branding up for me because of my experience with it. But you're probably not wrong because everything sounds dumb before you hear about it. The word Google is stupid, but we associate it with something and now it's stuck there and it's never going to change. It's like, uh, I don't know. Steam is stupid. Like we talked about some boot a little bit. Steam is a dumb name. But we all think of it now as the premier platform for PC game management and buying games and stuff. Like, I think that Civilization is a boring name. (laughs) It's a boring name, but you know what you're getting. But you know what you're getting. Exactly. So I think this game will be good enough that people will then know what they're getting and then really respect it. That's how it feels to me right now. I could be wrong, but it feels special in a way that all the other Civ likes haven't been able to really conquer this. They've, you know, Civ has always just been the big thing that you can't be as good as. I think this might be it. I really do. Now, yeah. here's the exp- here's the experiment I did. Okay. I said, let's play a bunch of 4X games that I already have and like. And in one case, didn't already have and had a code for, so I cashed it in. Uh, and so I played a bunch of Civ 6 again. I went and played Endless Space 2. I love that game. That's a great game. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, and the okay. space is great. I mean, right. it's a it's a space, you know, it's in space, <laughs> but it's like it's a space in space. Well, you know, like uh, not Masters of Orion. What am I thinking of? Maybe that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Masters of Orion. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of in that vein, but it's Solaris is another one. Like yeah, Solaris has a little. Solaris is a little more real time in a lot of ways, but it's yeah in that vein. Endless Space is true is definitely a 4X. It's, you know, make your moves and whatever. Endless Legend made by the same company. That's like a fantasy version on the ground sort of version of that game-ish system, sort of the same but different. Uh, Warhammer 40K Gladius, which is uh, the one I got with the code, which I'll tell you about in a second. <clears throat> then I played an older game that I remember liking a lot but I haven't played in a while from 2014 called Warlock 2 The Exiled. Never played Warlock 1, but... Again, speaking of bad names, <laughs> fantasy. Here's, fantasy here's what I'll give thing. you, Scott. Yeah. Of the games you named, yeah. Old World is the. <laughs> it's in the top three names, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're all. That's my point. Video game names are dumb. Generally, they're dumb. Name a good video game name, and I will. And I will point out that it's just branding that has you, and it's not really a good game. You're not name. wrong. Yeah, they're all bad. I, I mean, you're. 
they they're all they don't mean anything till they mean something. I just think old world is extremely forgettable based on the fact that I keep forgetting that that's what it's called. <laughs> I'm not having a hard time forgetting it. It's and again, it's cuz I played it, I guess, but anyway, Endless Space 1 and 2 are are, you know, those are respected big 4X games. People like those. So those are just ones maybe you haven't played, but but uh Endless Legend also very good. But anyway, so I played all these games. Warlock 2, The Exile, by the way, is like fantasy version of all this and mostly focused on combat. Warhammer 40k Gladius is entirely, they call it a 4X, but it is really just one of those X's. And that X is Exterminate. It is a it is a war strategy game, but coded in a lot of the paint. It's turn-based. It's got tech trees. It's got unit building. It's got all the stuff that you get out of a out of one of these games. And I actually probably played that second most on this list, weirdly. Uh, it really drug me in because, again, I just love Warhammer shit, so it didn't matter. Um, okay, so the big takeaway is these are all really great games. Everyone I named here is great. Warlock 2 is a little long in the tooth, but it has some moments. Uh, in particular, Endless Space 2 and, and Endless Legend are just excellent systems that are that are kind of unique to that maker of games they they use a similar system one is like medieval fantasy and the other one is is science fiction but they use a lot of similar templates to how the gameplay works and it actually works really well i think those are just highly respectable amazing games warhammer 40k great game if you're going to play uh if you're just looking for like i don't know what to compare it to it's a war strategy game you're just right let's just kill you're all the orcs those tech priests aren't uh, worried about diplomacy. No, none of that. It's just kill stuff and it's cool and it's rad looking. And I like that game and it's got, you know, good people like that game. It's a good game. They have a ton of DLC and stuff. Um, but after playing all of this for an extended period of time, I still think old world is way over here and it's not even done yet. Yeah, I was going to say in an unfinished state, no less. Yeah, it is really something cool. And also there's something about knowing that I'm never going to get to the space age that I like not. I like that we're not, we don't need to do that. Yeah. My favorite parts of Civ are the first 20, 30 turns where it's all essentially the medieval era, essentially. Correct. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the actual eight, uh, year span is. I could probably find out easily, but, but it's not, you're not going to get to the information age. You're not going to do tanks. Your horses aren't going to turn into tanks for some reason down the road. Like that stuff doesn't matter. You you still improve things. You're improving your troops and doing improvements, and these things are true. But you're 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 progressing in a much more micro time scale, and it really feels refreshing to me. I just felt like, oh, finally, this is how I want this to feel. I it, like the longer mid game and end game of this game feels more like what I love about the early game of Civ, and to me, that's that's a huge deal. And they've said as much. This like kind of why their focus is there but that that dynasty stuff is really neat like thwarting your own assassination because you made a good choice it's just some cool stuff in there where yeah. it gets really down in the nitty-gritty weeds and and at the same time you've got the big world to worry about and all of that plus you have all the custom stuff like i only want to have two city states and then one other bad guy and uh or someone to fight and i want to have the victory only be through wonders or you know you have all those controls if you want to do those setup those custom games and stuff uh there doesn't show i don't think they have a multiplayer mode in it yet but i think that's planned i could be wrong about that oh they also they also set up game scenarios where they want people to test them 
for the for the early access stuff. So you can actually play their game of the week or whatever it is, and you go in there and you play kind of through a thing that they want to t- kind of test all the mechanics of it through. And those that was really I did a whole run of that. That was way fun. It's just cool, man. I stayed up way too late, and I don't usually do that. This game's great. Well, I'm glad it was a good recommendation. I I do enjoy when I get to be the devil on your shoulder, but you like what I end up talking you into. Yeah, I do feel like I actually feel like I kind of in this particular case, I feel like I owe you a thanks on this one because I was really teetering, and I'm glad I did it. And also, honestly, hats off a little bit to Epic for giving me free ten bucks to spend on whatever I wanted. Cause that helped me push me over the edge. Now that I played it though, totally worth it. And these devs are super attentive. They're, they're like always posting about what they're doing. They've already had a successful run with off world trading company. There's no reason we can't expect this to launch in an awesome shape when it's, when it hits 1.0. Um, but I'm having enough fun with it now that, and the other thing is that just one more turn thing that Civ just nails so much. That's all here. Like, Oh, I bet. I Big bet time. with the political intrigue, maybe even more so. Because yeah. that stuff sounds just as interesting as the as the Civ element to it. Mm-hmm. And as you describe it to me, I get so excited about that, I forget that the whole like Civ game is underneath. Like you started talking about, you know, city states and building wonders and all that. I was like, oh right, that's in this <laughs> game too. Right. You're right. Remember, that's the core of it. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I'm excited. I'm gonna definitely pick this up at some point. Oh, I cause... should mention too. There's there's a tech tree thing, but there's also this system of improvements that come from kind of a deck builder. It's I, I don't understand it entirely, so I don't want to speak too much about it because I don't totally get how it works. But you'll get an opportunity with like kind of random cards, and they'll recommend certain ones over others, just like the recommendation system in Civ. But there's for some of the bigger improvements in the game, like, uh, oh, I don't know. I can't even think of one now, but they, they present it in a way that feels less like a list in a spreadsheet where I'm like, all right, do I have to choose that than that? Like, what build am I doing? This is more like, oh, this is the these are the happenstances I'm being given like real life. So what am I going to do with these happenstances? Am I going to choose this or am I going to choose that? Um, a little like this other game we're going to talk about that you and I both played. There's a little bit of that in that. Um, anyway. It's cool. Old world's rad. I cannot believe the path I took to to test it. This was a weird week for me. It was weird. But I'm really happy I did it. Okay, real quick, a couple of mentions. I tried Monster Train. Uh, I see why everyone thinks it's really good. It's another deck builder roguelike thing. I think the art style is horrendous, and I, I hate looking at it. <laughs> I've heard that about this as well. Yeah, I really uh, don't like it. I haven't played it. So. I really dislike the art style to the point that it makes me kind of not want to play it. But the other reason I really don't feel as motivated to play it is that Griftlands finally made its way to Steam and is in full early access now instead of just Alpha Stage, which it was on Epic for a while. The cool thing also is Klee Entertainment, who made that game, Klee Clay, however they say it. Um, If you bought it on Epic, you also got it on Steam, which is really cool. cool. That's very cool of them to do that, yeah. They didn't have to do that, and that was just rad. I don't think it had anything to do with Steam or Epic doing that. That was, you know, them as developers just showing goodwill to their fans. But anyway, I don't think they, you can, even if there's a game they make that is not your genre, there's, they've never made a bad video game. They don't make bad games. They make, they make really great games. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Invisible Ink. Amazing game. Still holds up. I installed it. I almost played it. 
You should play you, it, dude. You would love so that game. You'd be so disappointed in me, Scott. I got so close and I just didn't launch it. You would love that game. I'm telling you. You would love that game. Everything about it from its style and its tone to the way that thing plays. It's it's turn-based like games you like. It's, uh, it's it's one of my favorite games of all time. I love that game. So, you know, things like that those things and then something very different like uh what was the stealth one? Uh Ninja or uh something of the Ninja Mark of the Ninja. Mark of the Ninja. That's it. Fantastic game. 2D stealth game. Just blew my mind at the time. Uh, still good. Holds up now. They just make great games. That's their job. And they uh, this Griftlands game, which is, you have to admit, of all the games we've talked about today, pretty good name. Griftlands. I like that. Griftlands is good. I yeah, like it. It's not bad. It seems very fitting to the setting. But the quality or the, the gameplay of that thing, psh, so good. And the art style is so good. I mean, it's very much their art style. They're, all their games kind of look like this, but oh, they, they oh, how have they, how have they done this? They made a Slay the Spire style deck builder, but made it so it's still just as infinitely playable. And with all the randomization and, and the stuff that you do in those kind of games, but also there's story in it somehow. And it works every run through. And I unlock the second character after a little bit, and he's got his whole own story thing to tell. But it's not too much story. You get right to the action. Sometimes yeah. you're just arguing, and you're using a different deck to argue than if you're fighting, and if you're fighting, you're using a different deck to do that. I loved my time in Grifland so far. I am talked a lot here, so I want to hear what you think of Grifland's, because I think this is the deck-building roguelike to beat. If that's a genre... Everybody else get in line behind Grifflands, I think. I think it's that good. I like it. Yeah. I don't know if I love it yet. I haven't spent a ton of time with it. I There are things I do love. I love the art style. I love the setting. I think the characters look cool. You've got some cool-looking, Star Wars-looking aliens. you got some people that look like they're just a little Chewbacca running around, and that's great. <laughs> um, I think the bounty hunter lady looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm with you on the art. It's the first one of these games where I wasn't like, oh, the art's awful. Yeah. Uh, so it has major kudos in that department. It was fairly easy to understand for the most part. I don't think I grasp it 100% yet, um, but enough to where I'm winning fights and I'm moving forward and all of that. Yeah. There's still a lot of stuff that I, I don't necessarily get. I don't know why I would necessarily choose a battle deck over the conversation deck and vice versa. I know that the damage that I take to my conversation, my, I don't remember what they call it. Oh like, yeah. It's your, not, is it resolve? Your resolve. Yeah. Something like resolve or something like that. Yeah. I know it, if it gets damaged, it's permanent. I would assume the battle deck has some element of that as well, where if you, like maybe your HP doesn't recover or something. Well, no, I don't you, know. I so, haven't done any battling. So yet. the way that works, if you do, it's like any of those other games, you know, like if uh, imagine slay the spire or something, if you got into a fight and you won, but you took a bunch of damage, the next random place you go or the bar you go to, they may have a health refill while you're there, or you may have okay. a room to stay in and refill your health. And in the resolve case, it's very similar. Um, in fact, sometimes you'll take a quest uh, that will start you off and you've got to go to that quest and the quest results or the quest um, rewards are money, which they call shills in this game. 
and it's all kind of Mad Maxi and stuff, and also aliens. It's it's a weird world. Um, but anyway, so there's, there's the money, but then also a side benefit might be refill your resolve or give you 30 points of resolve or give you 50 points of health uh, regeneration. Yeah. So basically what you're doing, if you really want to boil it down, and I think it's more nuanced than this, but if you boil it down, you basically have two health pools. pools. One of them is your actual health pool, and the other one's this resolve, which is kind of like a health pool. And when you fight in conversations or arguments, it's a little more nuanced than this, but you're basically just trying to get the hit points down on their argument. Yeah. And you do that with a different set of cards and it does it in different language, but really it's just another kind of fighting. Whereas the actual fighting fighting, they, you know, put you out there, they put your whole body out there and you guys are squared off like a JRPG and, and you use abilities to actually kill these people. It's got nothing to do with the conversations. Although sometimes you have a choice. You don't, oh, some, some missions are straight one or straight the other. And some missions are, I need to make a choice here. My resolve's a little low, but my health's high. So maybe I'll do the, the physical fight. And you, even if the mission is not to kill them, you can, they'll, they'll surrender at the end and you can save them. So you don't end up having to kill your, your you know, if, you have a, if your mission is to take them back alive, for example, you can still yeah. do that if you can't afford the argument, but you can't afford the, the fisticuffs, basically non-lethal damage at the end. Um. There's something about that that is just so, in my opinion, just really working for me. The conversation side of it, the actual battle of it, took me a little while to get my head around it because they're just using terms I'm not used to. So it's like, yeah. you know, be aggressive about their resolve. It'll cause these two points to do this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. Of, do you want to attack their arguments? And I'm like, do, do I? And. <laughs> Yeah. And their arguments look like buffs to them, but if I defeat them, it actually really hurts them super badly. And uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack, and I just I haven't spent enough time with it to fully get it yet. But yeah. what I have played was very cool. It was very addictive. Um, I think it's neat. I can definitely see a, a case where you know you go in and you're like, oh, I'm gonna be all in on the argument side, and you build up that deck because you earn experience by using it. Uh, and then next thing you know, you have to be in a battle and you have a deck that hasn't been leveled at all and you're going to have a really hard time winning something like that. So mm -hmm. I think it's very cool what they have done and what they've put together. And I'm I'm definitely looking forward to more of it. Yeah, you should definitely give it some some additional games. Once you get your head around the argument side of it, it's, it's pretty neat because like you just said, if they'll have like their main argument that they're trying to make. And it's got a health pool, basically. And then around that circle on the other side, they've added a buff card in there that gives them um, like an unmovable idea that they have. Like, there's nothing that could change my mind kind of thing, right? Yeah. And it's got six health, health points or six out of six points. If you damage that first, instead of going straight to the throat of the argument, you kill that part of their argument it kills it and it applies nine points of damage to their resolve. And the idea is of think of it in real life. If I said to you, you, you were really sticking to some point of an argument. And I said, but John, there's no way that guy's penis was plastic. And that destroyed your notion back here. Just like, and then that, and what then even our penis. Yeah, exactly. So that, that notion is destroyed. And in the destruction of that notion, created a rift or some damage to your overall argument that's the idea 
is that it's they've they've come up with a way to make that combative. And I think it's kind of bored. Penises aren't always plastic. That really throws a wrench in my plastic genitalia argument. (laughs) I don't understand anything anymore. I mean, it's really weird. It's a weird construct, but man, am I happy they're they're dinking with that because it's such a I've never heard of such a, a such a mechanic before. And so they're they're gonna do something here that's just kind of new. And I and I respect that. Um but then the, the the card the actual battling stuff is pretty straightforward, you know, you know what cards you get. And it's not like Hearthstone where you're trying to unlock cards and I better get the pack with the one I want in there. Like these it's a it's a deck builder. You always have the same cards. You can upgrade them over time, but it's not like it's not like I'm gonna have better cards than you're gonna have. That part of this isn't in this. There's no CCG yeah. in this. It's 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 a deck builder, and deck builders are great. And the upgrades are meaningful. Um, you know, there were certainly plenty where it's like, really, they're going to let me do this just for leveling it up, yeah. just for using it this many times. I get to do this, and mm-hmm. so they do a very good job with that. And uh, I think it's going to be a very cool game. I look forward to the the final product. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, Desperados Three. I played about an hour and a half of that on stream yesterday. Uh, I'm in love with it. Not much to say, except this was one of the games I was looking forward to the most this year. They delayed it from April till now. Just came out this Tuesday. Uh, that'd be yesterday. It is uh, Old West Cowboys. In remember Commandos? Remember those games? Commando, the Commandos games. Commando One, Two, and Three. Terrible at those games. Oh man, you'd be bad at this one too because it's kind of the same thing. I was um, so bad at them. I just remember going, all right, all right, I've got this lined up. I've got this figured out and go. And they're all dead. Okay. That was my game and we're over and it's done. But I, uh, I was also very young. I understand. And it's, you wouldn't be too faulted because it's hard. These games are freaking hard. Um, however, the, the, this, uh, developer is called, where is it? Mini Me Games or Mini Mini Mimi I don't know how you say their damn name. It's a weird name, but they're most famous uh, recently for for the game Shadow Tactics, which I raved about when it was new and real and back in 2016. And that game is a lot like this game, and that game is also a lot like those Commando games. If you really hate those Commandos games and you played them, you're probably not going to like this because it's the same idea. But it's set in the old West. It's cowboys. Uh, one guy is a great shooter and. Great with the chucking a knife and hitting a guy in the throat while somebody else is more stealthy and has some tricks up his sleeve. Another guy's got traps. You use them in different ways. It's real time. This isn't a turn-based thing. Um, but you're, every, every scenario feels like a puzzle, and it's super rad, and I love it. And you either like this kind of stuff or you don't, and I am in the camp of love it. I really, really like it a lot. It's rad. Uh, more on that later, though, because I'm, I'm, I'm just, just getting started in that game. I finished the first mission. That took an hour and a half to beat that mission, so... It gives wow. you an idea of the kind of game it is. But I loved every second. All right. Uh, and also, I finally got Burnout Paradise to work. Uh, last week, I said it, would, it was a problem because it kept crashing after the intro movie. Sure enough, I unplugged the uh, my my uh, webcam, and the game booted fine. So it was that point. In fact, you said it's probably that point where they make you do the dumb license. You were totally, uh-huh. totally right. That was exactly what it was. So... Uh, if you have that problem and you pay four ninety nine for that game and you're like, ah, screw this, I'm going to return it, but you really want to play it, just try unplugging any camera that's connected to your PC, you're good. And now I'm playing it and it's great. So 
it's good. It, like that's the thing is it's not the greatest remaster in the whole wide world. It's not going to blow you away with its graphics or anything like that, but it's just such a fun game to play. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, most every way. All right. Oh, you're playing outer worlds again. Are you the outer worlds? I'm playing the outer worlds again because yeah. I don't know. I, I went on my Xbox gamer pass thing to download uh, other games and I went, Oh yeah, I still got this. I should play this. And I, I loaded it up and I thought about playing through my save where I was and I just decided, no, I'm not going to remember anything. I'm going to just start a new game. And I got in there and I just was reminded how good that game was. And that actually came from, I was in the mood to play Fallout again. Mm. And I went down this little well of, I'm going to play Fallout again. And I so I downloaded Fallout 4 and I downloaded all these mods for it to make it look pretty and all of this. And I did all this stuff to get ready for it. And it doesn't support ultra wide natively. Oh, no. And I went through all the stupid steps that I had to do to try and get it to support ultra wide. And then it didn't want to load. And it was either the fault of the mods or the fault of what I downloaded. And I was just like so mad about it. I, I deleted it. Then I thought about playing new Vegas and I thought, well, Fallout 4 isn't working. I don't know how great New Vegas is going to go. There's a ton uh, of mods for New Vegas. Tons of them. For so I had done the same thing. I downloaded it. I downloaded a bunch of mods for it. Uh, but I ended up not loading that. And I thought, you know what? Screw it. I just want to play this style game. There's a game out there that I really enjoyed that's in this vein that I thought was really good. I'm going to just get back into it. So I booted up the Outer Worlds, and I am having a ball in that game. That game is still really, really good. Yeah, I want to get back to it. I didn't finish. I don't remember what got in my way, but something took my attention away from it. I need to get back to it. Yeah. Um, did you continue on? Did you start a new game? What did you do? I did a new game. I'm up to, you know, I've played through kind of the first two major planets. I'm kind of on the third now. Yeah. I've need to get going on that because the same thing's going to happen that happened last time is a new game's going to come out i'm going to be playing last of us 2 uh, and i'm going to forget about it probably right around the same time Man. but um it's it's so good it, it's such a pretty game and a i mean not it's not it doesn't look next gen but i just love the look of it and the feel of it and i've really had a good time with i it. do too i would call it I don't know. It's just stylized enough to set itself apart. It's cool. I like it. Also, yeah. I'll just say that maybe my head is in a space where a game that's very anti-corporate, very anti-work, <laughs> anti-business is just really resonating with me right now. So every time they talk about bureaucracy and the board and sticking it to the man, I'm like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh -huh. I can really see something in this game, right? Yeah, now. you're see, you're leaning into it like you were talking about before. Yeah, you're uh, <laughs> you're really leaning into the a hole corporate world, and I like it. Uh, yeah, it's a cool game. I need to get back to it, and I will at some point. All right, that's gonna do it for us. We went long today. It surprised me. I actually thought, oh, Bo won't be here. No three voices. We'll go short today. Nope. 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 Still a big beefy show. Lots of beef. Yeah, the size uh, of a PS5. <laughs> Which is no small potato. But don't worry. Uh, next week we'll be back with more. Uh, we'll have Bo back with us. And uh, I will have had a lot. I, I have a feeling between Grifflands and Desperados 3, those are going to kind of be where I spend any extra time I get in the next week with a little old world thrown in there. 
Um, I'll just be talking about how sad I am. Part of me wants to. Part of me wants to play in the space again because that was good. It's good. It's really good. I mean, you should get into all that. I'm gonna just be next week is gonna all be the Outer Worlds and Last of Us Two. That's gonna be me. All right. Well, when you oh, that's good though because I want to hear I want to hear Last of Us Two stuff from a friend before I do anything. Okay. You know, I need to know. I need to know what's up in there, and certainly we'll learn. As we get closer to next week, in the meantime, if you've enjoyed what you've heard tonight and you like our show, feel free to support us at patreon.com slash core show. That's patreon.com slash core show. Our website is frogpants.com slash core. And as always, you can find us on Twitter, core pod, John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. You can find Bo at Bo Schwartz. We're hoping to be doing and There will be dungeons on Saturday this week because Father's Day is on Sunday. So uh, keep your eye on the calendar. I believe that's all going to happen unless something weird happens, but that's the plan. Uh, So do check that out. Oh, lastly, I wanted to throw this out there. Anybody listening who may have been a kid, a teenager, or even a parent, or whatever you were in the early 90s when Mortal Kombat became a thing and the entire games industry had a moment there of freak out over violence, over whether the government should regulate video games. They had hearings. They had all kinds of stuff. And between Mortal Kombat and, to a lesser extent, things like Night Trap and other games, they changed the course of video games. There's a big project coming up where we're doing a whole retrospective on what Mortal Kombat, what MK did to the games industry then. And we would love to hear your takes, your thoughts, and your experiences. Any stories you can tell about your time. Did you have a parent who said, you can't play it, and you figured out another way to do it? Did you obey them? Were you a parent? Did you tell your kids you couldn't play it? Like, all those kinds of things. Send me uh, those messages at scott at frogpants.com and they'll make it into the upcoming secret project I aforementioned. All right. I think that's going to do it. John, any final words of wisdom before we go? No, I'm going to send you one of those Mortal Kombat things, though. Oh, you should totally should. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I didn't ask you personally. That's amazing. It's it's good. My <clears throat> my grandma, I knew nothing about Mortal Kombat, and my grandma told me I couldn't play it, and that's what got me into it. Oh, wow. You all know I'm a huge fan of Mortal Kombat, so it is a perfect example of be careful what you tell kids they can and can't do because you will make <laughs> nothing more interesting on this planet than saying you can't do this you have certainly put a mark on it saying this is now the greatest thing ever. Yeah, no kidding. Um, oh, and I should mention, if you're going to send this in, everybody out there, send it uh, as a voice memo, like with your phone or something. Um, you can record it any way you want, but we want to hear your voice on this, not just some written email. Send your recorded comments to scott at frogpants.com. And John, I would love to get one from you. That'd be amazing. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Thank you all for being here. We'll be back next week with more. Until then... Be safe and be nice. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Captain, we're under attack! <laughs> attack! Attack! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.